For December 9th, 2013, it's the Overthinking It podcast, episode 284, Forging Correctness in the Iron Crucible of Condescension. Welcome to the Overthinking It podcast, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve. Uh, This week, it's the sound of music with the actual sound of music and uh, the sound of, quote, music, unquote, with uh, Rebecca Black's Saturday. Excuse me, Rebecca Black and Dave Day's uh, Saturday, the latest masterpiece uh, to come from the uh, synergistic forces of YouTube sensation Rebecca Black and YouTube sensation Dave Days. We will get to that into the question of the week in just a moment. But first, uh, our sponsor message, because it's the holiday season, we know you're buying stuff. Uh, and because, like us, you just sit in front of your computer all day, we know you're buying stuff online. So uh, if you happen to be... Um, Buying gifts for your yourself <laughs> or for your uh, your fun overthinker friends, uh, we have for you on overthinking it a gift guide uh, that has some stuff that we thought was awesome uh, this year that you can get uh, for your friends or or hey yourself. I'm not going to judge. You can get it for yourself if you want. You you won't hear a word about it from me. Uh, it, you might hear about it from myself or Fenzel though. We might cast horrible aspersions. Yeah, those guys are judgmental, though, you know? Yeah. They, they they don't know you like I know you, you know? I'm not the one who's all cranky about the awesome new Rebecca Black song, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> you're all negative, man. Come on. Um, it's, it's, it's Sunday now, and it's Monday by the time people are listening to this. Like, days of the week are reasons for celebration. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that, is an excellent, uh, that is an excellent point, and I think we'll get to that in the question of the week. But uh, I, I just want to uh, put in the plug for our gift guide and for our uh, our Amazon affiliate uh, links. That's that's the thing about this gift guide. And in, in case you haven't heard, uh, in case you've just discovered overthinking it, uh, which is a website um, that, that you can access that we all write for. Um, and, uh, yes, those, uh, those links give us a small kickback if you buy things through them from Amazon. Not just the awesome things we suggest, uh, but any of the things that you buy from Amazon through those links. And this is a, uh, this is a big deal for us, uh, even though I hate to be, you know, it's a little, it's a little bit douchey to, like, uh, harp on your Amazon affiliate links. But this is how we, uh, you know, maintain the, uh, this is how we maintain the site, um, we're, we're at a funny place with overthinking it because the site is big enough to cost a lot, but not big enough to make a lot, uh, of, of money. So, um, these affiliate fees are a big deal for us every year. So you can get, uh, you can get some awesome stuff. Um, I went into it in a lot more detail last week, but, uh, Mark's pick on the, uh, on the overthinking it gift guide this year is the Logitech Extreme 3D Pro joystick for some uh, for some awesome computer gaming. Mark, have you had any uh, computer gaming related milestones uh, in your life recently? Well, funny you should ask, Matt. Uh, just today, in fact, I finally beat Wing Commander plus the two expansion pack uh, mission add-ons, the secret missions. One and two. It took me the better part of two months to do that. Granted, I got married in that time span, so it was a little bit busy in that time. But um, that joystick plus um, like six bucks 
for Wing Commanders 1 and 2 on GOG, goodoldgames.com. That did me uh, a lot of game time play um, and, a, and a sore wrist and trigger finger to boot as well. Would, but it's all worth it in the would, war, in the endless war against the Kilrathi. Would you uh, attribute your success not only in Wing Commander, but also in getting married to your awesome wife to this Logitech Extreme 3D Pro joystick, which you can buy on Overthinking It with an affiliate link? I know I usually say correlation does not equal causation, but in this case, I'm going to make an exception. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so this one thing uh, led to the other. Yeah, your your prowess at Wing Commander, I think, was one of the the signals <laughs> that you know it was a relationship uh, that 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 you were a guy to to uh, uh, that you were really a keeper. Yeah, yeah you heard it here and overthinking it, everyone. <laughs> Um, the path to marital bliss is through Wing Commander and a joystick. Yes, and uh, or actually really any of the uh, material objects that you can buy on the Overthinking It gift guide. So you can find that on the homepage at overthinkingit.com. And uh, again, it's a big, uh, it's an important promotion for us every year that uh, we put out these gift guides and people, when, it, when they're shopping, they enter Amazon through one of our links. Uh, and whatever you buy, as long as you enter through uh, the link on the homepage or the links in the gift guide, uh, we will get a small, it's a single digit percentage. It's, you know, it's a couple pennies that we get, but those pennies add up and, uh, and they go towards the server space for the, um, uh, for the site or the media hosting for the podcast or any of the, uh, you know, any of the, the many expenses that you have running a moderately popular internet website, um, that we have. So thank you very much, uh, for, uh, Buying your uh, buying your gifts through our links, we appreciate it, and um, we will be bugging you about it every week until the new year. So settle in. But we can we can profile another. Uh, we can profile a different gift uh, each week. Next week maybe the uh, next week maybe the the complete Calvin and Hobbes, which you'll find uh, on there as well. Uh, but today for our question of the week panel, uh, let's map out the next three days of. Um, of Rebecca Black's career, uh, we've had Friday, uh, which was, you know, um, recorded by the, uh, the vanity label, uh, ARK music factory, um, with, uh, Patrice Wilson and, uh, and which was like a birthday present for Rebecca Black or something like that. It was like, it was one of those, like, uh, it was a very advanced form of like video karaoke, um, that, just went viral on YouTube. Uh, now we have Saturday, so uh, we have three three podcasters and three days to go. Pete Fenzel, I think you have Sunday. What's it going to be? Uh, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Clearly, she needs to team up with Grave Digger and Bigfoot and Funny Cars for a, a song video t- with a video filmed live at the Hartford Civic Center on Sunday. <laughs> one day, one day only. Kids are free. Grave Rebecca Black saying the day of the week is Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. She got to go to church though. It's important to go to church on Sunday. Although I actually don't know what religious religion Rebecca Black is, so uh, I suppose that it's either a uh, sort of country crossover that she does about monster truck rallies, uh-huh. or it's an ecumenical song about interfaith dialogue and the Sabbath, or both, or both on Sunday. <laughs> That's my plan. I'm sticking to it. I think it'll have kind of a grungy steel guitar, like slide guitar riff. Either way, uh, it'll it'll uh, it'll it'll get it to work. Maybe we should get Garth Brooks to do it. I haven't heard anything from him in a while, and I feel like he'd he'd be up. Chris Gaines can do it. Huh. That way, it can be moody and, and emotional. 
So, yeah, I think so. Although I say that, and yet, like, Friday didn't really have much to do with Friday. And Saturday didn't really have much to do with Saturday. So perhaps I'm a little bit too on the nose. Pete, you wrote, like, 3,000 words on this on on Friday. Like, the the whole point of it being on the day of the week Friday was, like, you know, it's the end of the school week, right? And that's the whole thing about um, there's, like, a school bus and sort of that, you know, that transition from the uh, weekday to the weekend. Yeah. So then I guess what I'd say is that, like, Friday was what Friday meant – Friday was about what Friday meant to Rebecca Black when she was 14, which was that she was excited that the school week was going to be over, but didn't really have anything coming after the school week on the weekend that was worth getting excited about for its own sake. So the school week being over was a thing to be excited about in itself. And all of the sort of things that were associated with it were things to be excited about. Saturday is sort of about burgeoning ideas of partying and dancing. Uh, this, the, the day itself now does have a purpose that supersedes Friday. And she writes it when she's 16. So I guess I would say then Sunday, she makes it when she's 18. And it's about, uh, it's about like hangovers. And it's about like regretful or miss, like decisions that you made that you regret. Maybe it's like a slower song. <laughs> and that's, that's the progression as we go through her week. It's going to be about like her looking back at her flash of fame in her younger years uh, from the perspective of, like, a nice plate of, like, pumpkin-stuffed French toast mm-hmm. and, like, <laughs> enjoying her brunch, uh, trying to, like, get the hangover to go away and talking about, like, the remembrance of days when, like, she could look forward to the weekend uh, and did not dwell within the weekend merely anticipating its ending. <laughs> so maybe it's, a, maybe it's still a country song. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Mark Lee, you've got Monday. I, well, to continue with this theme here, you could one way to take this would be you know, Monday would be Rebecca Black at 22, right, entering the working world and having that whole like having to show up at the office after the weekend and having you know just dealing with the existential crisis about her place and the, the labor market and our you know the 21st century economy and all that kind of stuff. Um, you could do that, uh, but it'd be far less interesting than my idea, which is um, a cover of Stormy Monday, the old blues standard. Right, which would feature herself singing along with a CGI Muddy Waters and also a CGI Garfield as well, just to round out the um, the power trio <laughs> of this. Yeah, no Garfield. That he really did hate Mondays. Yeah, <laughs> they were stormy. They were the, the, the stormiest of days for right. Garfield. Yeah, yeah, as much as and maybe maybe there's just a plate of lasagna in front of her. Um, you know, I don't know. All right. And then I guess I guess I have Tuesday and I'm going to keep with this. Uh, I'm going to keep with this theme. She's 24. Um, and uh, being a millennial entering the workplace, uh, she can't find uh, any work. There are no jobs for her uh, except for unpaid internships uh, at large companies. And so she's unemployed. Uh, at the age of 24 and mo- has moved back in with her parents. And the song Tuesday um, is actually it's about not having anything to do and staying home all day uh, and wearing your pajamas because you are not gainfully employed uh, and you're living at home with your parents uh, because in in a terrible economy the only jobs uh, that are available are terrible and uh, you know it's impossible to get an entry level job anywhere and uh, it's about humiliation really and it's about um, you know, I don't know, the, the, the one's hopes and dreams, right, being dashed on, on the hard walk rocks of, of reality. Uh, and it's about, it's about how one's relationship with family is strained um, to the breaking point. 
by uh, you know uh, by moving back in and having to uh, having to endure um, having to endure uh, the company of your adult children or uh, of your parents if you're an adult mm-hmm. child and it it features a uh, it features a cameo by by Barbara Streisand uh, as her grandmother um, you know coming into uh, coming in to give her some hard knock lessons from the the, the depression or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So what we're saying is that there's a pretty bitter irony in everyone making fun of Rebecca Black thinking that not knowing which seat of the cart to sit in was like a high point. Right? They were like, oh, man, like that's really funny that she thinks she doesn't know which seat she's going to take because that, that's a stupid thing to be excited about. But if you look at the days that lie ahead of her, it's not going to get any better, guys. <laughs> like it's, that's, that's a high point. It's legitimately like in retrospect as we come to describe this, the quintessential days of the week of the human life. You know, Friday is, uh, is not too shabby even even expressed you know in a way that other people may frown upon so there's some things that we can say about i mean about this video right but it's beyond uh just this question of the week material oh yeah about, about saturday oh i was totally psyched to actually see the video saturday i think there's a bunch of things that we could say <laughs> well then why don't you why don't you just dive in and we'll catch up oh Okay. Uh, I mean, so so the, the theme of the video is that she's at this sort of beach house party. I guess it's in one of those places in California where people have houses that are next to the beach. I've heard of them sometimes. We have them in Boston, too, but they're a little different. Um, but uh, but it's about her going to, like, a house party where the people there are, like, pretty happy that she's there because she's, like, a min- minor or mid-level internet celebrity, right? And so they're like, oh, it's Rebecca Black. Like, and everyone's kind of sees her, take her sunglasses off, and one guy kind of feigns swooning but then everybody kind of seems to be okay with it and is sort of dancing around and then there's just like a series of really strange things that show up in this party for one reason or another that are not entirely clear such as like a budget Miley Cyrus lookalike with like a bad dye job who like seems to both be dressed up very specifically to look like Miley Cyrus but filmed in a way to try to make that attempt like fail at provoking rage over copywriting or trademark infringement (laughs) like, like she's filmed from an angle where it's not entirely clear at first what she's doing uh you know she's for example she's twerking but the camera pulls in so that the twerking goes out of frame and she's sticking her tongue out but she's sticking her tongue out in sort of the upstage away from the camera direction and she retracts it as soon as the camera pulls in so she's like miley miley cyrus look like demileying or being demileyed uh as it happens there's a hot dog there's a dude in a hot dog outfit doing the robot, sort of, or doing like a b-boy style kind of thing. There's a Santa Claus inflatable doll, uh, and then like you know she's she's sort of dancing around, uh, showing off uh, her ability to consume food and grow to adult size during the course of the last two years, given <laughs> 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 that she was a child last time and is now like taller and larger, um, though not remarkably so. Um, so I, I mean that actually is. Video. I feel like there's there is like a self image. There's some like image grooming going on in this video yeah. with Rebecca Black, right? Like trying to look more like a young woman, uh, partnering with Dave Days, right? Like d- the yeah. who who I had not heard of until you know thirty seconds ago when I clicked on this the link to this video, uh, but whom Wikipedia tells me, uh, who Wikipedia tells me is is definitely a person um, who does things on YouTube. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, uh, according to Wikipedia, he started playing in bands in middle school. No. So, 
And also, those are some of my favorite excerpts from Wikipedia. Page. Uh, he does his music. We all have that. We all have that in common. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> as of December 2013, now keep in mind this kid is 22 years old. As of December 2013, Days has released 173 videos, which have had over 346 million combined views. And can I just can I can I just say that that is absurd? Uh, and you, you, this is the moment where we finally reach the in the 283rd uh, 84th episode of the Overthinking Podcast. We finally found the thing too absurd to fathom no i guess that's one other thing is just the volume that this guy has put out over the course of his young life is pretty impressive and then he did this thing as well in addition to the other 172 videos that he did. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so like so but this guy is you know five years older than she is and is is a grown-up whereas she is still a child and yes. you know i don't know but but there is this like I mean, I don't know. Is this party a high school party or a college party? Maybe, maybe my the high school parties I went to were pretty tame. I mean, I was kind of a loser. Well, I, I still am sort of a loser, but but uh, winner you know. in our book, Matt. Sound <laughs> off in the comments if you think Matt's a winner, like I do. <laughs> I know I will sound off in the comments to that effect once it posts. <laughs> my, uh, I mean, okay, so my, I think the most important thing about Dave Days and his involvement in this uh, in this project. Is that presumably he came up with like the, the song and had a large part of uh, uh, the technical execution of this project, right? And like, he, <laughs> like he, the important but, thing about Dave Days and this project is that it was his idea and he did the music and wrote it and also sang half of it. <laughs> well, 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 no, you can't so, video. Okay, what's so that's the, the important thing that he did for this project, which is everything <laughs> except be Rebecca Black for half the song. Yeah, I, I say that right. mostly to contrast Dave Day's role versus that of ARK or ARK Music in the first one, right? You know, like ARK Music conceived of and executed uh, Friday, right? And it, it exhibited, Pete, I think you described it as like an incredibly poor understanding or execution of the tropes of pop music. Yes. Uh, in terms of like the video and the, and, and, the, and the lyrics, you know, just like the wee, 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 so excited. It's like, like what is going, there's a fundamental misunderstanding of what makes a good pop song going on there whereas this is like it's pretty competently executed all around right yeah. in terms of music lyrics video everything and of course though the the paradox there is that rebecca black's friday then became pop music right like it is true of the supreme fiction that it must change right? like, <laughs> <laughs> like, to paraphrase to like grossly grossly misconstrue wallace stevens which is something i try to do before the end of every week <laughs> at least once it's one of my favorite side uh, side projects. No, it's um, but yeah, no, is that like you know the the people who are putting together a it's a it is a a like gosh I don't even want to call it a weak misreading. It's like a herniated misreading. It's like a misreading that results in critical injury, right? Of of the pop culture that then creates the pop culture as it exists and as such like becomes by its its realization uh, correct. Right, like whereas this 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 song is merely is merely exemplary of its genre, right? Like I feel like there's nothing about this song that really takes any risks. It's kind of slow. It's not like it doesn't have any of the. Um, like, I know that like when I think we've talked. I talked about. I talked about. Like when I wrote that article back about TikTok, when I claimed that Kesha was the future of pop music, you're welcome, everybody, for that advance notice because I was totally freaking right. <laughs> and now we're just getting younger Kesha with Miley Cyrus. But yeah, no, is um, is that it doesn't have any of the weirdly distortive effects that the pop labels. So you can tell it's not made by a label. Is that it has no effects that are thrown into the song to jar you and to have you remember the song. 
right? Like it has no, yeah. dis- none of the weird distortions or things playing backwards or like, um, you know, weird sort of just quite half auto tuning things or like off genre beats or weird, like recognizable familiar hooks. The one thing it does have is it references Friday right. by its very existence and then repeatedly in the lyrics to the song. Um, and in also the video. Um, so that's weird. Uh, and that's the thing that you remember it by. But, yeah, but I don't know. It. I mean, I don't know. It's. It, I almost think of Friday as being like, uh, as, uh, partly because of the complete lack of melody, right, in Friday. And, you know, let, let me just sing Friday to you just so you remember. Right. You That's- joke, but very similar songs saved the lives of our seamen in World War II as they were broadcast. <laughs> 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 when they when they cracked the Enigma code, you weren't laughing when that was being transmitted over the wire. Right. I I think of like Friday as being kind of a chant, right? The and and yeah. like the call and response of the chant, especially like party and party and yeah, party and party and yeah, fun, 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 fun. Like I don't know that was that was to me kind of the the hookiest part of uh um of friday right that that uh that there 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 was this sense in which it was like it was reaching out and wanting me to like do something to 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 yeah uh metaphorically uh if you will put my hands in the air and and wave them around as though i i uh we're not concerned not about that yes. process. <laughs> Whereas this song, there's no role for the listener at all, right? Like, there's no call and response, right? There's not really, like, uh, I guess you're supposed to agree with her that Saturday is a good thing that you're enjoying, right? Yeah, um, it's not clear whether we're sort of invited to the party, right? Like, whether we're yeah. cool. This is a party for, uh, you know, for college students and uh, 16-year-old internet uh, yeah. phenomenons. Phenomenon. And in fact, I would Phenomenon. say that like there's something about a high school girl singing about the college party that she went to, which conjures the notion that we are in fact deliberately not invited. <laughs> right? Like it's like it's like we're going to have a good time, right? It goes sat- Saturday. I don't want the Saturday end. Let me let me listen to the hook one more time. We're going to party all night. We'll remember it for the rest of our lives. It's Saturday. We're going to party. Okay, we're going to do it. I don't want this Saturday to end. Okay, so it's we, 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 I, right? It goes from we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. I don't want it to end. So it's definitely like, it definitely creates a circle in which the listener is initially perhaps welcome, but then pushed out. No, I mean, I'd make the argument, right, just sort of hermeneutically that there are, that there are clues that this is a different we than the we in Friday, right? That the we in yeah. Friday is constructed to include the listener. And when she says in Friday, we, 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 we so excited, we so excited, you know, that that includes, that includes you because you too are partying, partying, yeah. And you know you yeah. are because you're... Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. 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 Because you're invited to to shout yeah. But this is, um, there's, uh, you know, uh, but the we in in Saturday is constructed not to include you. Uh, A, because it would be kind of creepy if we showed up at a lot of college parties with 16 year old (laughs) girls. And B, um, because there's something like, 
I think anyway, I think the explicit invocation of like YouTube stardom here with the inclusion of Dave Days and and also kind of calling out within the the diegesis of the video, right? That that Rebecca Black is kind of famous uh, yeah. among a certain set, right? Like you're not kind of famous among among a certain set, you know, and and so you don't get to go to cool cool college parties like this where they you know do things like have Miley Cyrus impersonators that twerk or you know I don't know pass a pass a rubber sex doll around um you know like a like a beach ball at a at a baseball game or uh or you know have those have those awesome uh white christmas lights right strung yeah. <laughs> you know strung kind of lazily uh from the crown molding of the uh of whatever apartment they happen to be in right like <laughs> you don't get to have awesome stuff like that no, you also no, don't no. don't don't uh, get to have your uh, your, your former nemesis, the the or- originator of your torment, and ever famous well, be arrested at your party. Now you think you're pretty co- okay. So first of all, yeah, no, no, I'm with Mark. I'm with Mark on this on on his construction that he puts on on this thing. I think that he's right about what this is about. Well, okay, okay. So just to give, if you haven't watched the video, first of all, you should watch the video. We'll link to it in the in the show notes. Second of all, at the end of the video, after the song is over, there is a a frantic and frenzied black man. Now, granted, I don't think that there are a ton of other black people in the video, other than Re- the eponymous Rebecca, uh, who is you know black by another name. I suppose. Huh, huh. Um, I mean, there's some racial diversity. I'm not going to say there's none because I'm sure you can go through it and find some. But at the end, there's like a black dude who is brought in by a police officer officer and is like sort of spewing things and talking semi-incoherently and is then dragged away in a way that the we are led to believe the listener is supposed to support right um and so he's incoherent for the most part but you also hear him spout out some lyrics from friday right yes he mentioned front seat back seat so so my feeling was when i saw it was he's talking about the front seat and the back seat uh you know and then that that much you can glean from listening to him talk he's talking about rebecca black and he's talking about sitting in the front seat or the back seat and he's being arrested presumed by a white police officer wearing sunglasses who's so this not the at night by the way because this night. is this is at a college party yeah, so they're at night, and he's wearing sunglasses to hide his face. So all we know about him is that he's this, like, like identityless white police officer arresting a black man, and he's yelling about the front and back seat. Which So I'm thinking that what he's doing is drawing a connection between Rebecca Black and Rosa Parks that is, seems a little bit appropriate. Um, that doesn't really seem to be... I mean, I can't imagine that it would be purposeful. Um, just maybe something that people thought was funny and that emerges from the reading. But that it's about kind of like this weird, crow. this party's crazy. But Mark has a better theory about what this guy is doing in this. And, and I think Matt concurs with him. So I'll, I'll pass off to you guys on that. Yeah. So for those who don't remember or blocked it out of their minds, uh, the uh, original video, Rebecca Black's Friday, yeah. featured uh, Patrice Wilson, right? Um, who is uh, one of the producers, one of the people behind uh, Arc Music Factory, and um, I think one of the writers of Friday, right? Like, he is prominently featured in the rap breakdown of Friday, right? Twitching lanes, fast lanes, R.B., Rebecca Black, that sort of nonsense, right? Um, And so I I think it's pretty clear here what's going on is that this fellow here is meant to represent Patrice Wilson, and... This is basically just Rebecca Black using this new video as an opportunity to take a dig at him. 
But it's not Rebecca Black who's making the dig at Patrice Wilson, which is which is interesting. It's Dave Davies who's taking the 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 dig at Patrice Wilson, despite doing very nearly the same thing for Rebecca Black that Patrice. Wait, 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 wait. So why why do you think it's Dave Davies making the dig? Well, cause Dave because Dave, we assume that he can see the whole thing of this. Is uh, I'm author, I mean, you're, for for you, he's the author. He's the author of the video. I mean, I guess it posts on her YouTube channel, so it makes sense that she that she would do it. But like Dave Day's, his whole thing is writing and producing and his own videos. Right, he makes his own songs, he makes his own videos, and he produces the videos himself. So like. I don't see any other video producer who's associated with this project, right? Like, I'm looking at the, at the credits and the crazy various names that were involved. So it appears to have been – oh, no, Chris Greeter put it all together. Who is that? Let's follow this rabbit hole a little bit farther. So there's a guy named <laughs> Follow Chris the money, everybody. You follow know. the money. Who's, so Chris Greeter is a guy from Los Angeles. Does he have a Wikipedia page? He's an American music video director, independent filmmaker, musician, and photographer from Orlando, currently living in Los Angeles. He's 24. All right. So, and he's, so he's an old hand. Yeah, he has done pieces. He's done anything for anybody famous? Not as far as I know. He's done a bunch of stuff for bands called There for Tomorrow and Minute Math. Uh-huh. Um, he did something for the for Lords of Dogtown um, when that came out. I guess uh, he. Let's see. He sees, he brags on his Wikipedia page about having gotten Justin Bieber's attention one time. Uh, but okay. in, in a way, haven't we all gotten Justin Bieber's attention? In right. a way. So, so he's the one who made the music video. And so presumably so, he's the one who's digging at Patrice. Well, so, I mean, like, here's, here's the thing. I, I, I want to, to caution us against hating on Rebecca Black too much or, or assuming uh, sort of curtailing her agency, right? Because, uh, I don't know what, because she's a, a young woman or because, well, because she's... She had no agency in the last one. Right. right, I guess, but you're right because she's a young woman. There would be a reason why we would consciously or subconsciously assume that she has no role in this. It's because she's making a video with guys like six years her senior. And yeah, like- but the, the the sure, but isn't that true? I mean, isn't that true also of a lot of sort of commercially produced? Uh, you know, young women pop stars yeah. like the Disney people or the Nickelodeon people. I, I mean, it's not, you know, we're not really in the demo. So I think we can be forgiven pop culture savants, though we are, for not knowing, uh, you know, the, the entire pantheon of stars um, in, in this particular area. But like, right, like I, I have a feeling that we would be harsher or that I would be instinctually a little harsher on Rebecca Black than I would be on someone who was like coming out of the, the Disney machine. And like, you know, it's it's possible that her people are behind this or that the Rebecca Black yeah. organization is behind yeah. this and not necessarily the 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 Dave Day's uh organization though he seems to have sort of seized the means of production a little more uh, as a youtube star you know yeah. uh, right like, seized the means of production I w- I w- you're right <laughs> I YouTube, would not YouTube have... creators of the world unite you know you have nothing to lose but your five second pre-roll uh, ads now i would i would have ascribed much more agency you're correct to like a young demi lovato and at least a lot more credit to it could also her song probably would have been better but um well, right and you also but like, get the yeah. sense that like or lord you know like well yeah lordy, lord right? and i think yeah. she's i think rebecca black is kind of made up to look like lord a little bit in yeah. this video with the wavy hair and the kind of um it, just her her look you know is a little uh is a little yeah. lord lordy uh though you know though i don't think i don't know i i really admire lord i think that that her oh, yeah. record is great and i think that um 
Uh, she's an interesting artist who has staying power. Uh, but um, you guys will talk more about that on the TFT. I, well, I, we have. I, we've made it. Our, we've made it our mission on every episode of the TFT album to bring up Lord uh, and Pure Heroin because the TFT. I, you know, hey, let me cross promote for a second. TFT has become a uh, like an indie pop music podcast. Uh, is no longer about the television show Gossip Girl. Uh, or the television show Glee, and is now about you know um, did an episode on on uh, on Lord. We did rep- uh, d- 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 go check it out. TFT podcast. Um, cool, cool. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I want to. I just I don't know. I want to caution us because there's there's like uh, I I think that there is a uh, there is an interesting conversation to have here about structure versus agency and and Rebecca Black. And I think it's it's I, I and I don't mean to. Um, I, I'm not casting aspersions on you or us or anybody for for saying you know rebecca black is is uh, you know a pawn of the uh you know i don't know a pawn of powerful forces beyond her control of, of, of big youtube <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> of uh you know but um uh but i don't know i mean she's a bigger star isn't she than anyone in anyone else in the video like we've we've heard of her you know, so mm-hmm. so I think that she's uh, and there are a lot of things like in the in the video when she has a bowl of cereal on Saturday after like waking up uh, hungover after Friday. Right. Like, yeah, um, yeah. she it says, like, got to have my bowl, you know, in in Sharpie on the side of the bowl. There are a couple of little uh, little cheeky digs at the the Friday music video, you know. So so I think that this this is a reference to her sort of dispute and actually to her kind of fight with, with, uh, over agency with, um, uh, with Patrice, uh, and arc records, uh, you know, that, that, that this is, a, but, but I mean, I, I think that it should give us pause and I think it should make us a, a little bit uncomfortable, right? Because it's a, it's a pretty bald invocation of white privilege, you know, to sort of have the guy to, to have a, a stand in for the guy dragged in by the law, you know, um, Right. It's 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 yeah. a uh, it's a sort of it's a, a as David Simon says, and I'm fond of of um, repeating it's an occasion to to comfort the comfortable and to mock the afflicted, uh, mm. you know, like a lot of race relations in our in our film to entertainment. Yeah. Right? So to, 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 put it, add, to put it plainly, uh, yeah, to put it plainly like there's a lot of other ways she wanted just to make a dig at Patrice Wilson and portray a stand-in for him in an unflattering way, there are a lot of ways to do it. You can right. throw him in the pool, you can dump him into a dumpster, you do all these things that do not evoke these sort of like very evoc- you know, these very powerful and uh, degrading images of racial subjugation. Right, racial subjugation is exact is, is exactly it. And as the only as the only black guy in the video, or the the only one who is prominently featured, right? Like this is. Uh, uh, you know, this is a little bit, uh, this is a little bit troubling, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially because, uh, yeah, that is getting dragged out by a cop, too. And and so. how many cops do you know, right, that stop by college parties on their way downtown to book a guy? Yeah, especially where there's, like... <laughs> <laughs> he enters the room, right, yeah. and then with, with, with the guy... And then leaves the room. Like so he just presumably, in and out. 
Presumably, he was in the process of handcuffing the guy directly outside the door, right? So, like, he finds the guy. The guy has committed some sort of crime, and the police have... No, I mean, his, his, his crime is walking through a white neighborhood, you know? Oh, jeez, man. Now it's getting dark. Oh, no, that's wrong. Oh. Uh, but no, but, like, just to map out logistically what has to happen for the scene to happen is that he has to be handcuffing the guy, and then while the guy is trying to open the door to go into the party, and the guy, by force of by physical force, pulls the cop into the party long enough to yell enough so that you can identify who he is, and then the cop drags him out, right? So, like, um, that's, a, that's a pretty unlikely... Yeah, I'm looking at this again. Yeah, certainly it is like he uh, is dragging the cop along with him. Like, he bursts into the room. Yeah. The cop yeah, does not yeah. want to be there. Like, he's dragging yeah. along. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, um, this it does... I think Saturday is a pretty cool day of the week. I, 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 that much I'm on board with, with this thing. I, I like Saturday. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so let's Saturday Night Lights, as it were. <laughs> clear eyes, full, clear eyes, full hearts. Solo cup can't lose, right? right? <laughs> uh, absolutely. Well, um, speaking of a lot of white people singing. <laughs> oh man! Okay, go on. <laughs> uh, there was a. Uh, there was a um, what a a live uh, performance of Sound of Music uh, based on on the stage play, not the uh, not the film starring Julie Andrews uh, that played on television this week, and we didn't see it. So, well, most of us didn't see it, so we're going to talk about it. <laughs> Mark watched. That's yeah, a, that's our that's our way. But two of us clear, didn't. Two I, of us didn't watch it. To one who did. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, go ahead. I saw the first third of it. Belinky, who's not on this podcast, he he soldiered through the entire thing. Um, both of us were tweeting through the whole thing, so we really want to see our blow by blow um, uh, analysis of, of of the telecast. You can go to twitter.com since so overthinking it. Um, and plus, Matt and I sat down and watched a bunch of clips from this thing before this podcast started on Hulu, which you can get. You can like listen to favorite things and climb every mountain and stuff like that. Yeah, the whole thing is on Hulu as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that's we 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 are familiar with the production design and and got tastes of some of the uh, pitfalls and triumphs of this uh, live TV event, right? Like it was yeah. a live yeah, performance, yeah, yeah. which live. is what's notable. Okay. So let me set the stage and then let's see where the conversation takes us. Right. Okay. So, um, as everybody knows, the Sound of Music, classic loved movie also gets kind of hated in some, in some circles right it's just like it's notorious for how earnest it is right and sort of lacking in um in irony of any, of any sort right um and uh nbc because it is totally bereft of original ideas and is just sort of <laughs> desperately scrambling around the, uh, the historical dustbin to to find stuff to put on television and boots its ratings they decided they're going to do a live production of the sound of music right they cast carrie underwood as maria von trapp um, and uh, there's a lot of like you know hoopla and um, and hype leading up to the live broadcast this past Thursday. People were sort of wondering, you know, like, people were tuning in, um, you know, for the for the the excitement of the live broadcast. You know, wondering, wondering like if something's gonna mess up uh, during it. <laughs> um, people, uh, you know, the, the people like my wife were tuned in because. Um, they're huge fans of the movie Sound of Music, and they wanted to see how this version would totally destroy um, their fond memories of that classic movie. And myself was just kind of along for the ride and wanted to write a bunch of snarky tweets about it. So very long story short about this. Um, 
the critical reception of this was decidedly mixed. Um, people sort of applaud. That doesn't sound decided at all. That sounds less decided. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Yeah. Okay, so people applauded the uh, the fact that they sort of you know did this interesting experiment um, and that they you know, uh, that they decided to tackle this subject uh, this this material at all. Um, you know, uh, Carrie Carrie Underwood singing was what, for the most part the, universally the, praised. Uh, her acting universally panned as well um there's a uh, my personal take on it there's a, a cheapness a cheap feeling to the staging of it you know it's, it's it felt like i think i described on twitter as a uh, as an snl a slightly fancier snl's uh um staging right it felt like keenan thompson was gonna uh, burst out and start singing what up with that at any minute uh, as i was watching it so the whole thing's very mixed bag my wife hated it she's a huge sound and music fan she hated it i was just sort of um uh, just trying to write snarky tweets through the whole thing or through the third of it that I watched of it. Um, so I think there's a lot of things to talk about this, uh, ranging from the rise of national socialism in Austria and Germany in the 1930s and World War II and 1940s, uh, as well as the current state of television and live spectacle. So uh, let's have at it, guys. Well, God, what's uh, well, okay. yeah. yeah, that's a lot to start out with. I mean, first of all, you say that it was not original and that they ran out of ideas, right? Like, I don't know if that's the, that seems, seems like a pretty interesting idea to have. I mean, yeah, I'm sure NBC yeah. has the blacklist this year, the latest excuse for torture porn on, uh, <laughs> on television. So, you know, they are keeping it. They're really well, keeping the ball okay, in the air. You know what yeah. they're also doing? They're also rebooting Murder, She Wrote, because that's the hip new thing to be on television. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Are they rebooting? Are they are they making the theme song that like reggae song? Murder she wrote. Oh, I really hope. Murder she wrote. Uh, I never really knew what the relationship was between the song and the television show. Um, okay, so I, I mean, I, I'm in favor of musicals being on television, and I'm in favor of exciting live television events, and I'm also in favor of not necessarily everything that you see on TV being good, <laughs> right? Like, I because I mean. It's not going to be. No, yeah, and no, it's, yeah. it's true. I know that you are a champion of, of the second rate. Yeah, no, I'm also, but you know why? It's because I, because I'm a champion of the unexpected and sure. the unexpected moment and like the found moment. I suppose right? I should, ta- I suppose I should take what you say seriously and not just be a dick about it. But, but of course you're right, right? Like if you don't try interesting things and, you know, risk a few failures, what are you going to, you know, right. I mean, I feel like you being a dick about it is you taking it seriously. I feel like that's because <laughs> I'm challenged because it's challenging. And we're challenging each other. We're making each other better. We are forging correctness in the iron crucible of this condescension. <laughs> uh, which is, I guess, a great way of describing the internet in general. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so like, <clears throat> so. One of one of the tricky things about entertainment these days is that everybody can cordon themselves off to these individual little nooks and crannies where we can get exactly what we want. Um, and by doing that, we, necess- we don't necessarily challenge ourselves or uh, find things that you know, grow our conceptions of ourselves. And the irony is that, you know, maybe... Maybe something like a Hill Street Blues or an ER that's playing to a huge audience and is... is to it, to an extent, in the same way that Rebecca Black is becoming pop music, or Friday has be- became pop music, is becoming utterly conventional, right? Like it might have been challenging at the time, but it, it is it is in itself like utterly conventional in retrospect. Um, there's a cha- a sense in which that was challenging more people because it was 
if you assume that people still had a certain degree of diversity as to who they were and what they thought and felt about things and their personal experience, then like everybody watching ER is going to have a wide range of reactions to it rather than all those people then said watching a whole bunch of subdivided individualized things that have all been pre-chosen to be comfortable for them. Right, like, and in such, I, one of the things I like about this sound and music thing is that I feel like it doesn't really seem to give much of a crud about who's going to watch it. You know, like it's, I guess, because it's like you know, American Idol and and Glee and, and have kind of, and The Voice have kind of found this like everybody likes to watch singing now, so like let's put singing on television, right? Like, um, and that's that's sort of a kind of broad stroke that I feel like leads to kind of exciting. And for what it's worth, it was successful. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't watch closely, but I heard things about the ratings for this being good, and and that leads me to believe we can expect more things like this. Yeah, it was NBC's highest rated uh, Thursday night in like the better part of a decade or so. Seinfeld, basically, yeah. (laughs) Or just Friends or something like that. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I mean, maybe that's because when you think the other thing you can think about, and I'll I'll step off my soapbox so that Matt can weigh in. But another thing you <laughs> so think that about, I can step up onto mine. <laughs> exactly. There's only one soapbox here, so we have to take turns with it. It's just because if you guys go to the affiliate link, we can buy more soap so that we can have another soapbox. <laughs> um, which is that the most popular thing by far on TV today is sports, live sports, um, and of course, nothing quite embodies awful mistakes happening (laughs) like what other show can get away by making its viewers incredibly depressed and upset like half the time (laughs) right like uh Mm. i mean you know like with like sports can right like you know you don't tune into a football game if that's gonna where your team's gonna lose and you're gonna feel terrible right like that's not why you tune into a football game but for some reason you have a, a a you know a discursive relationship with the football game or like a, an, a relationship with your notion of what the football game is as an, as an aspirational object <laughs> that you can still tune into a football game despite the possibility that your team is going to lose in a horrible, humiliating way and you're going to feel terrible all day. Um, so, you know, that's very popular on TV now and social media seems to be strengthening its popularity because we get to share this experience with each other. Something like uh, a really sketchy production of The Sound of Music does much the same thing, right? Like, it's sort of like the the Ravens game today where there were, like, four touchdowns in the last minute, and it's like, oh, this is kind of nuts. Or the Patriots game where there was that giant pass interference penalty that was really dubious, and, like, they won the game for pretty much no reason. Um, like, this is... Musicals are like that. So, in that extent, it does, in retrospect, have some things in common with successful television. Um, anyway, I, I, I'm going to step off. Well, the yeah. So, in very plain terms, like you know, NBC was going for appointment television, recreating the uh, the immediate excitement of of sports in a yeah. non sports context, right? And it worked. It absolutely worked. Like I would not have watched this if it weren't live. I think, yeah, because yeah. like you know, it gave the opportunity to live tweet about it and you know connect with every people, everybody, and you know hashtag social media or whatnot. Yeah. And I, I would even also venture to say I heard some people were offended that Julie Andrews didn't get to do it, right? Um, I think all, Julie Andrews is retired from singing, I think, but I'm not positive. Yeah, Julie but Andrews anyway, had, like, like, vocal cord nodule surgery. A botched, a botched yeah, vocal cord surgery, yeah, which from what she has 
to some extent recovered, but she absolutely does not have the same pipes that she used to. Right, right. But even so, like, you know, she did her thing a long time ago, and it's not like there haven't been other productions of this musical, like, all over the freaking place. And it's just, it's more exciting when you, when you have this person you don't know what's, you know, who's going to, how they're going to do, or what, what they're going to do, or how it's going to work out. But you're emotionally invested in them because they're a pop star, you know, and you know who they are, and you know what they f- feel about what, like, is she the one who, know, who was carving, who had the, the baseball bat and hit the ladies, the, hit the guy's car? Yeah, 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 that's her. Uh, yeah. Before, before, he, uh, before he cheats, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They should have had a, uh, an additional deleted scene where he, she like um, she took a you know she took a key into the side of your pantser division as they drive through the Austrian. <laughs> 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 All right, Matt, you can go. <laughs> I'd like to give some practical advice for like if maybe if you're a high school student or maybe you're a community theater actor and you're you're doing sound of music in the church basement or you know something something like that um don't uh stand on two feet bend your knees and sway back and forth right oh yes we oh, call Jesus. that we call that being on the boat in the business of high school theater <laughs> <laughs> oh i've really wanted a term for that for years because it happens in improv a lot too being on the boat i love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so when a director yells at you you know from the the back of the parish hall uh get off the boat uh, what yeah. they mean is stop, stop uh, swaying back and forth <laughs> on, on the thing. I also I, I wanted to um, just teach you about cheating out a little bit, right? <laughs> like uh, y- your torso and your toes should wait, be. Wait, 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 wait! Before he cheats out. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's make a joke okay joke over done so the uh you know cheating out is the practice of you know when we talk to each other in in real life if if there is such a thing as though the 284 episodes of this podcast don't exist to debunk such a naive myth as real life um uh Right, you 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 face uh, directly your partner. You you square off against them to your your conversational partner uh, if you're having a direct conversation with them. And and yet on stage that would not allow access uh, to the audience to both sides of the conversation. So actors do something that's referred to as cheating out, which is that you angle your body a little bit uh, in the direction of the audience. Probably, hopefully not so much that it's completely stagey uh, and looks like uh, you know 19th century. Um, you know, course acting manual, right? But, um, uh, but that, uh, you know, I don't know, gives the audience a little, a little bit of access into the scene. Yeah. Does that make sense? What I'm talking about? Uh, you know, Pete, you're, you're familiar with this phenomenon as a performer. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you can, you can test it. You can sort of ask an audience whether people who are cheating out look like they're still talking to each other, even if their eyes don't make contact and people will generally say yes. And the right, sure, yeah, 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 absolutely, and it's a great, you know, it's a great exercise to do. And the norm is about forty-five degrees, uh, maybe a little less, you know. Um, Now, but here's a key to cheating out: right, don't point your toes at the audience in the or the camera in this case, and then twist uh, your torso, right, like torque your spine around to point at. (laughs) 
<laughs> at the other actor on stage, right? Because that looks stagey and artificial. So we have two we have two little laws, ironclad laws of being in community theater now. Like one is cheat out, but your your uh, your toes should point. You know, your torso should point in the same direction as your toes, right? And the other thing is don't uh, is get off the boat. You know. <laughs> You're not on a boat. You're not on a boat. <laughs> Look at you, because you're not standing on a boat. <laughs> oh, um, man. So that's, Poseidon, I mean, I don't know. Don't that's what me. I, you know, that's, also close the doors gently, because the door jams are probably not reinforced. And when you <laughs> slam the door and the whole flat jiggles, you know, uh, that's really, you know, I, either that it really or... It takes ha- the audience out of the moment. Yeah, you know? absolutely. It's, it destroys the verisimilitude of the, of the set. <laughs> <laughs> if by verisimilitude you mean Luan and particle board, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a point. frame. It's framed out in one by, right? Like, and yeah, there's some, some Luan tack to it. And they've like, they've texture painted it, right? Which means they've gone over it with rollers and then taken the, the brush and done dabs of a slightly contrasting color to give it a mottled and aged appearance, you know? <laughs> Which um, they've also done in the makeup, right? right? Like, for, with the 16 year old who's playing. An eighty-five-year-old. Yeah, absolutely. They got. Yeah, not the uh, not the latex. Put your right hand right on your your lower back. <laughs> Extend your chest forward forty-five degrees. Uh, hold the cane two and a half feet in front of your front foot. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Okay. So get the, me, get, the get the bottle of Ben Nye white hair paint. Dip the toothbrush yeah. into it, and then like inch by painstaking inch, dye your hair uh, or paint your hair white. Rather. Anyway, and, sorry. And close, close your throat like 65 percent so that you talk like this and you have to also add a little melody to it so that you talk like this sunny i remember two apples cost dollar and we were fleeing across the alps <laughs> so wait, what is that thing that you? Oh, that—that's that little thing you do it clear with your your top palate, right? And you extend your nose and your sinuses, right? Oh. There's like a of projecting your voice through your nose so you sound like a fake old person. Oh, oh Sonny. Oh, sure, Sonny. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> this is a clinic in terrible acting. But we are, we are, you think the sound of music was a clinic in terrible acting. We are giving you the real clinic in terrible acting here, folks. <laughs> the, yeah, uh, absolutely. Nasal, nasal, yeah, nasal resonance where phonated air actually escapes your nose is, uh, oh, that's yeah. definitely a tool in the, in the tool bag of your, uh, <laughs> Of of your like top tier uh, Brigadoon in the church basement actor. Yeah. <laughs> we got gold in the secret okay. garden. So, <laughs> I remember when I was a young buck and podcast were two for a dollar. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. Save us from ourselves. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I can. <laughs> I don't know. Oh the, 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 um, the, the onslaught has happened. You know, like it's, it's, this podcast is totally occupied by the <laughs> community theater acting. So, so let me ask know. you this question. Let me ask you this question. As somebody who has, believe it or not, never actually seen The Sound of Music all the way through, though I have been in multiple musical reviews that have presented excerpts from it, um, are we to believe that lives are truly at risk in the during the events of the sound of music that the nazis are going to murder all of the children is that is that something that we truly believe is going to happen um if the nun doesn't sing or whatever i I, I think we are to believe that if um if captain von trapp doesn't get out of there that he himself you know will either be conscripted into the german navy or will be killed for not doing so Okay. I think that very much is clear. Like the stakes like are probably high. 
Are the children in danger? I mean, they're Nazis, right? Like, wait, the children are Nazis? Then, in which case, they're in danger. <laughs> America's coming for you. Yeah. Better batten down the hatches. Oh, they're in Austria. Russia's coming from you for you. Better batten <laughs> the hatches. Um, no, the, no, you mean the children are in danger from the. You think so? Nazis just are going to kill everyone, even little Aryan children that sing in choirs. Um, the Nazis are going to kill them. Is that the idea? Do do terrible things, you know. Terrible. Leading up to, or perhaps including, killing them, yeah, like humiliating them with under-rehearsed uh, stage performances, inviting them, inviting them to college parties with. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> They're going to humiliate them by bringing their father out, being held by an SS officer as he complains about his favorite things before he's dragged away from the Miley Cyrus lookalike. They're going to arrest uh, all the black people. Oh, uh... first they first they came for my <laughs> etiquette. And I didn't speak up because I didn't have any etiquette. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> it's been a long weekend. <laughs> so I think the major conversation we're having about this production of The Sound of Music is just like how much of a shock it was that, like, you know, um, the, the Carrie Underwood's poor acting, like the, the odd staging of it. You know, like people commented that, like, it felt like a soap opera, you know, yeah. in terms of like the, the flat lighting. Of the cameras and the lighting, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's that. And it was just something that we're not used to seeing on prime time now, you know, with incredibly high production value of things like Breaking Bad or, or on network TV. Like when I saw an episode of Almost Human recently, um, which was it, it, it's not great television, but uh, it, it is so well polished to this to a point that just was inconceivable, inconceivable yeah. maybe like 10 years ago. I mean, yeah. breaking, even Breaking Bad is is an outlier, I think, even in the, the you know, awesome crop of prestige television, because Breaking Bad was so cinematic. Right. And like there were a, a, like film directors involved, like uh, Ryan Johnson, right, as one who was really yeah. involved in in the direction of of Breaking Bad and more more so even then in. I don't know the wire or uh you know um or or Mad Men which is which is extremely visually arresting but is uh is uh, you know and I I'm not sure I could defend this if you put me through it but but I I would assert that it's it's visually arresting within the context of television whereas Breaking Bad is more cinematic right uh Yeah well I think it's more presentationalist I think Breaking Bad is more presentationalist, especially after the second season. Huh. Um, and then it sort of breaks the expectation of how the action is going to be framed more frequently um, than, than Mad Men does. Yeah. Uh, I, I, would, I would say. Um, and I, but I, you know what? I would point out that even, a better example even than Breaking Bad or Mad Men would be Modern Family. Right? Because Modern Family is like the dominant sitcom right now. Right, like for years, and it looks really, really nice. Like I actually hadn't really watched any Modern Family until recently, and then I watched a couple episodes, and like I was really surprised because in a lot of ways it's very much the same as a lot of the three camera sitcoms of days of yore. Like a lot of the jokes are sort of the same general mouthfeel, right? Like, uh, but it it feels so much more serious because it's filmed so much more nicely. Right, like or videotaped so much, or video video coded. What is even the verb for putting something on digital media? Is well, there even a shot? Shot. Okay, it's shot. 
um, in a way that's then like the camera has an eye. The camera composes things. It's not passive, right? Like it's the not, lighting is good. It varied. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's like, the, I mean, yeah. that's the mo- that that is shot in the in the mockumentary style. I just want to point out that I think in in the raw numbers like uh, Big Bang Theory and uh, and those there there are still three camera shows that that are doing uh, doing pretty well. Cool. Yeah. Oh no, I, I, believe, I believe you. I believe you. I was just surprised Modern Family was so different than all the other ones that I'd been expecting it to be similar to. Sure, I mean uh, it's more maybe, like yeah. I mean it's more like Thirty Rock and the in the lack of a uh, yeah. the lack of a laugh track and the single you know the single camera and it's yeah. it's shot in film and not in video or I no it's probably all shot on digital these days. Um, yeah. But it's in the lineage of of Thirty Rock that goes back to like I don't know for me it goes back to Sports Night maybe like yeah. when they when yeah. they ditched the laugh track on Sports Night. Um, well, you know what the, that's the, the tradition I think of it as being part of. Yeah. I think I would agree with that. Yeah. But, well, okay. So maybe like comparing the sound of music to breaking Bad or, um, you know, these are uh, Mad Men or these are a TV show we're talking about. It's not the right comparison. We should be comparing this production in the sound of music to other portrayals of musical theater on the screen. Right. I'm okay. talking about like the Les Mis movie, which is not a great yeah. example of how to do musical theater right on the screen. But uh, maybe a better example. Like, okay. Don't get me started on Les Mis. <laughs> uh, like Chicago. Right. Um, uh, let's say like Dream Girls as, as, a, as, a, as a sort of modern examples of things that are like highly produced that use the camera in interesting ways. that use lighting in interesting ways that don't feel like, you know, 12 people are boxed into a tiny set and are kind of like, you know, struggling within those confines. It right? might've even have been better to put it on a stage, like on an actual stage with, yeah, with an actual audience as well. And that's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I thought was really missing from this. Yeah. Although maybe somebody would have yelled out like, you know, screw Obama in the middle of the show. And it would have been really awkward. Like it would have been full of tea partiers who just got tickets to the sound of music. That's actually a really smart thing to do, by the way. If you run a political action committee, it's just like get a bunch of tickets to a live television event. (laughs) Yell. Just yell all the time. I'd be like, stop drilling for coal. Um, but no, it's uh, drilled for Cole Moore, and then you could argue with each other while they're trying to like do cats. Um, but uh, <laughs> when the dog bites, thanks Obama. When the bees <laughs> stinks, thanks, thanks Obama. Obama. <laughs> when I'm feeling sad, thanks, thanks Obama. <laughs> I simply remember that I have health care, <laughs> and that I don't feel. So like Breaking Bad, like Breaking Bad, because <laughs> of my case cinematography. Um, but yeah, no, no, no. It was, it was. Uh, um, there are, but the thing is, you couldn't have done. You can't do Chicago live the way that they did it in the movie. Like you I, just can't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You can't a lot do of the Sound of Music live the way they did it in Sound of Music the movie. No, I yeah, mean, and yeah. that's, I mean, this because this is like, so you get kind of the worst of both worlds, you know? Exactly. Yes. Yes. And mm-hmm. I, you'd almost be better off just filming a stage production in the like the, um, oh, what's the name of that PBS series that does that? Like live from Lincoln, not Lincoln Center, uh, American Masters or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. And they film a lot of stage performances, and, and you can watch them, and they're very good, a lot of them, and they're stage performances. And by the way, like, that's becoming a thing. Like, the National Theatre in London uh, yeah. does uh, uh, you know, videos of their stage performances that they simulcast to cinemas all over the world, yeah. and, and uh, the Roundabout Theatre. You, you, you don't just have to watch Star Trek on Fathom events. They have all sorts of stuff. <laughs> they have all sorts of Fathom <laughs> events. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Though, definitely go to the Star Trek Fathom events. Those are awesome. <laughs> 
are the best. Yeah. How funny would it have been if they taped a live episode of Star Trek on a similar quality of set with similar oh my lighting? Gosh. <laughs> oh. Guys, the, like, the sets it? from Star Trek were of similar quality to this. It's just that the picture was so terrible that you had no way of knowing that everything everything got this kind of glow, this sort of soft 480 480i glow to it, right? That like uh and uh and so you you assumed it was because it was awesome and futuristic. In fact, it was because it was cheap. I thought it was because it was coated in Shatner's sweat. <laughs> it was just like glistening with uh, <laughs> If you go to the if you go to the Fathom events and you see the the high def ones, uh, they've gone back and remastered them. They're pretty awesome. Very cool. Very mm. cool. All right. Well, I think it's time to to uh, leave our conversation there. Um, let's let's escape over the Alps. <laughs> yeah, we got we have one last mountain to climb, and we are we are required to climb every mountain. Stop it's every podcast, podcast. <laughs> and uh, every show. So, uh, yes, one last plug for our uh, gift guide on Overthinking It and for the affiliate links on Amazon. If you are holiday shopping, we'd really appreciate it if you uh, used those and uh, gave us our little kickback. We uh, we definitely uh, take that money and use it to buy servers and stuff. Um, we uh, will be back next week. If you want to talk about this uh, the podcast, you can email podcastoverthinkingit.com, call or text 203-285-6401, or leave a comment on the show notes. Until next time, you can Find us uh, and so many more awesome people at Overthinking It. We're a veritable Von Trapp family singers of enter- internet <laughs> entertainment. Um, Where every day is a day Rebecca Black has written a song about because every day is cause every day of the week is a cause for celebration. Uh, where is this magical place? Why it's overthinking it, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny. It probably, it probably doesn't deserve. With the sound of Harvey.